Oh, Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series 4 games to 1. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am the Rit. With me is my man, DC. We got Anthony on the Cape. And we've got a guest, a two-time guest now. <laughs> we've got Sox Addict, a.k.a. Melissa. And... Yeah. Guys, we will be bringing you the closer for the 2004 World Series from the Boston Red Sox, Keith Folk. But before that happens, let's uh, let's go around the horn. Melissa, what's been going on with you since the last time we had you on? Same old stuff, just watching spring training games. I went to my friend Christina's house, and I'm going to her house tomorrow, you know, for the... For opening day and I'm just excited like I'm antsy I can't sit still I'm excited for tomorrow oh man uh, uh, opening day big show for us a live event I can't wait uh DC what about you what's been going on with you man not too much echo what uh, Melissa said socks addict um just excited for tomorrow I uh, unfortunately yeah. got to work until 1 p.m but uh it's a half day start the early uh three-day weekend just excited for the, the season to start. Anthony, what about you, man? <clears throat> Not too much. Just, uh, you know, um, just been busy and, um, you know, just uh, looking forward to this and uh, looking forward to opening day for sure. <laughs> oh, All this, it's been, I, I've, I've never been so involved um, with like the Red Sox community, fan community as this off season. I've only been on Twitter for like a couple of years, you know? So like this off season was like, especially after last year, you know what I mean? It was just, I was really just involved. Yeah. Like uh, a lot, a little bit went on since the last time, you know, we recorded uh, Tapia make made the, made the roster. Jaron Duran went down. Uh, Alfaro didn't make opening day roster. I know Anthony, you know, you, you were a little disappointed with that, uh, that they chose Connor Wong. So, uh, well, l- let's just go around really quick and sit there and, and, and thoughts on so far who all made the roster and, and the cuts. Uh, DC, let's start with you up there. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, 
I could, there's just no way you could have put Tapia on how he had a spring training with Jaron Duran also. Um, and as far as Alfaro, uh, Anthony, I could have been further from the truth when we both said a thousand percent, he would be on the roster. I was very surprised. I know Anthony was, uh, you know, checking out his Twitter. Don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but it's the cards that we've been dealt. So we're real with what we have, but I'm glad Tapia got the spot. You know, that, that makes me happy. I'm not a big fan of Duran. I think he should have stayed back and, uh, focused on, you know, putting his reps in where he's actually going to get playing time. I know, you know, spending time with your, uh, national team is, is something that they all look forward to. Um, I just disagree with it, but, uh, I mean, overall I'm, I'm happy. I mean, the Alfaro thing kind of really threw me a curveball personally, but it is what it is at this point. Just got to, you know, go with what we have and put our best foot forward. Yeah, uh, Anthony, uh, real quick. Yeah, no, I just, you know, a couple of weeks ago we did the fair foul. I was the one who went foul and said I thought Connor Wong would catch more games than Alfaro. That doesn't mean I didn't want Alfaro on the opening day roster because Wong missed all of spring training. I just didn't think he was ready. And I thought, you know what, why not give Alfaro the chance to prove himself early, right? And then go from there instead of they're doing it vice versa almost. So it's like they're going to give Wong the starting opportunity. And, and then I guess if he fails, then they'll bring up Alfaro. To me, I would have done it the other way around. And that's I, I stick stick with that. But, yeah, yeah that, was, that was a little bit of a surprise. And, of course, obviously we all wanted Tapia over Duran. Yeah, definitely. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, M- Melissa, well, what are your thoughts? I pretty much am the same. I was surprised because um, I really thought – I mean, because we haven't seen Wong in a while, and I'm just watching and watching um, Alfaro. He had uh, become a fan favorite for sure during spring training. So, but I'm definitely glad that uh, no Duran <laughs> and Tapia. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad if you really for Duran because that's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, but guys, well, the man of the hour is here. Let's let, let me bring in the closer for the 2004 Boston Red Sox, Mr. Keith Polk. There he is. How we doing? How you doing, right. sir? Doing great. So, uh, man, uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, up, yeah. Pete? Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I can keep up. I was listening to a little bit when I was backstage, and I'm like, oh, these people are getting pretty deep. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so Keith, well, what have you been, you've been doing to keep busy nowadays? Uh, let's see. I got three kids, two ex-wives. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's top of the list. So, uh, wow. <laughs> so that that list. Uh, wait, how much time do we have? <laughs> no, nah, but much do, you time know, as you can give us right. Yeah, I got. Uh, you know, I do appearances here and there, and um, you know, still get a stay connected pretty good in in New England and. Uh, my youngest kid just had a, or my middle boy just had a game today. Still went and, uh, you know, cheering in the stands and, you know, my oldest kids in college playing. So cheering him on in Texas and we're always, we're always somewhere. Man. So, so how's it feel that Cade's following in, uh, in old dad's footsteps? Yeah, what's well, it, it feels good except for he's following in the end of dad's footsteps. Now he's, uh, Shoulders a little banged up, so he's been on the shelf. But <laughs> come on, surgery. <laughs> modern <laughs> modern medicine. We're putting a lot of faith in uh, modern medicine now. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Anthony, do you want to start us start us off here? 
Yeah, no, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, obviously, um, you're a legend. Um, you know, 03, we, we were just, it, it, we, we had the team. You know what I mean? We had the team in 03. And, well, uh, we, just, we can we can debate that too. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the A's we, had a pretty good team in 03 too. Oh us. man, <laughs> oh, I mean, when 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 Veritek blocked the uh, plate on Burns there, uh, and uh, Trot uh, Nixon had the walk off, the wa- first walk off postseason home run since Bar- Bernie Carbo. Um, no, that was an amazing series, um, but no, I mean. We were really just two pieces away. We needed you and Shill. And, uh, you know, so, like, just, I guess, talk about just that, just getting the inf- getting the news um, that you were coming, you know, we're going to be coming to Boston to uh, to try to get the World Series. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious what the goal was, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny, after, you know, after the A's, you know, we crapped the bed and, and gave up that lead in 3 you know, I sat and I watched the Red Sox through that next series. And, you know, you could tell it's, you know, they were having fun. They had everything they needed. Um, but when you get to the playoffs, it's like you need those little those little turns and those breaks to go your way. And, you know, obviously it didn't happen in 03. So uh, Theo did a good job of getting in a couple extra pieces. But he did a good job of keeping that that core together. Um, and, you know, that's it's huge. And, you know, thankfully – you know, Kurt and I and a couple other pieces down the road, you know, ended up helping. But uh, it's, you know, when opening day tomorrow, obviously, they show I saw this little clip online today where it talked about, you know, the first day of spring training of 04. And it was like, God, you could just see that enthusiasm. And God, I, I want to go back and do it again. <laughs> DZ? Yeah, so kind of build off the what you're just saying about how watching, you know, Boston and Irving, uh, you know, watching them in the ALCS in 03. I think I read an interview somewhere that you did. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were talking, you were watching with your, your dad and he said, you're going to be on that team next year. Is that, is that true? Yeah. He goes, uh, he goes, don't be surprised if, you know, if those guys come after you and I'm like, Oh, you know, I was still pretty bitter and um, I enjoyed Oakland. I really did. It was an easy place to play, um, you know, and, and they had a great group of guys. Also, I enjoyed the jam. I enjoyed the manager there. Uh, so I'll, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, and it probably wasn't until World Series or something, and my agent called and he told me the same thing. And I'm like, huh. You know, so that's when I kind of kind of put that little seed in my brain and started thinking about it. That's pretty cool to kind of see it come full circle, too, you know, having a conversation like that and then have yeah. your agent call you right after. That's pretty neat. I just want to kind of yeah. touch on that. I was reading that earlier. Yeah, so, that's a, that's actually a true story. <laughs> that's one thing you can believe I'm not in the media. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. When, I, when I, I brought that up, I was like, man, I really hope I did my due diligence and actually yeah. check this out. And this is true because I'm going to I'm gonna feel like an idiot. But, uh, well, no, you got a 50-50 shot, right? So <laughs> yeah. I'm a gambling man, so. There you go. So, but, um, Melissa, what, what about you? I'm like, y'all can – I I just want to say thank you for being on, and that means a lot. And um but this is about y'all. Y'all can ask the question. <laughs> she's uh, yeah. she's I, uh, taking, I meant to say thank ta- you as well. Taking thank the, you to taking the you. fifth. All yeah. Right, yeah. So, so Keith, 03, you know, you, you guys were up and then you lost the series. And then all of a sudden, 04, you know, you guys are playing the Yankees and then you end up going down 3 nothing. What, we, you know, what were your thoughts going through your mind of, man, here, here we go again? Um. Well, obviously, it, it happened fast, 
And especially after we got our, our tails handed to us in game three, it's like, my goodness, you know, but it's really, it's kind of a two part thing. It's, you know, whatever happens next is a good thing. You lose, you go home, you know, you're done for the winter and, you know, you go home and relax or whatever you win, you come back and play another day. But, you know, as, as fate has it, that experience that probably everybody had from 03, you know, the failure part, you learn from it, right? Don't panic, right? And that's what everybody came in and said, you know what? Just win tomorrow. Go out and have fun tomorrow. You know, you already, your back's already against the wall. Go out and have fun. See what happens. 3-1, you know. We got things, obviously, game four, things went as close as it could be to, you know, pack your shit and go home. But, you know, we started getting those breaks. Things started going our way, and all of a sudden it's 3-2, and we're going back to New York. And it's like you kind of start to feel the tide turn a little bit. We're still as loose as we could be because we're not supposed to win, you know. And and after we won, uh, you know, that nail-biter in game six, um, you know, game seven, you know, nothing better than a couple home runs by J.D. to uh, take the pressure off a little bit. And, you know, by then it was over. You could see those guys are pressure and they're making mistakes. And we never looked back. So last pitch of the game. Great memories. Yeah, you tell them my smile is still. It's like, uh, at first, it's like, oh, oh gosh, and, it, and like it kind of builds through the story, and it's like, okay, uh, and it's great because our show opener is clips of the last out of all four, and and yours is always the first one. Yeah. So you know, go through the process of you seeing the, the comebacker to you. What's going through your head and through your uh, mind? I, uh, don't don't assume I saw it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's going through my head though? Um, it's kind of funny because it you know it's a little comebacker, but uh, you know going back to it when I made the pitch, the pitch was a horrible pitch. I can't believe he swung at it, especially OO. He just like waved at it, and I kind of like when as a pitcher when you threw it, like I knew it was I knew it was a bad pitch. There's no way a big leaguer can swing at it. And then he swung at it, and I was like, it caught me off guard. I, I jump. I didn't have to jump. I mean, the ball's like snow coned on the end of the mitt, <laughs> and it was like when it it took that first hop, all of a sudden things went into light speed. It's like I don't really remember. Well, I don't remember not catching it, mm-hmm. but I just remember grabbing it. I was going to first. I went to toss it, and I had that quick thought in my head, like I don't know what rated we are in the show, but I was like, don't don't screw this up. The little double pump to make sure I took one more step. And as soon as I let go of the ball, it's like, I i mean, the entire weight of the world was off my shoulders and just turned and looked at Bear Tech and it was like, oh, can you believe that? <laughs> what about warming up? I mean, obviously you're up 3-0, but I mean, what about warming up to come in to close out the World Series? What, what were you thinking when you were warming up in the bullpen? Did you have any, any nerves going on there, obviously? Or? Well, not that I'm going to tell you about. You know, <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things, you know, at that time I'd have been in the league for, you know, what, eight or nine years, whatever it was. And it's literally, it's, it's kind of a cliche, but I'd literally been training for that moment my entire life. And so uh, my pitching style is I, I really had to maintain a level head through my, throughout the inning so I could think, adjust, uh, and I didn't let the emotion get the better of me. So I really... Yeah, I remember. Uh, I'm gonna get emotional a little bit, <laughs> but um, yeah. So it really, it's you know, the short story is, is like, I just I remember running by Timlin. He looked at me, and I'm like, just kind of gave him the head nod, and like, let's go to work, boys. You know, and uh, 
you know, then go out there, pull holes, hits a freaking hard ground ball right between my legs. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Nobody on, one on, or nobody out, one on. So I'm like, all right. But the, the next part of the order, I'd pretty much manhandle them uh, throughout the, the series anyway. So, Well, what was your comfort level? Like, like I, I hear all the time pitchers, they had a great relationship with Tech. So what was your comfort level of, of letting him call the game and, you know, just r- run through these people? Oh, I mean, it, I, I don't know what the, you know, whatever the top of the chart is. Yeah, there's uh, there's not another, there probably was, wasn't a better defensive catcher out there. And there was definitely not another catcher out there that worked as hard as him. So he had, he had every pitcher's 100% attention all the time. Um, and, you know, it's not that I wouldn't shake him, but it was one of those things that, you know, even if I did shake him, he wasn't that catcher that kind of got that attitude. Like, why are you shaking me, kid? Why are you shaking me? It's like, whatever. Just make the pitch. It's it's for the betterment of all of us anyways. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, he trusted us just as much as we trusted him. So, I mean, that's why we were, you know, we we're all on the same page. So, so if I could just touch on that a little bit. <clears throat> so you're obviously, you know, you were known for your changeup, right? That was your best pitch. Did you did you sort of like to work backwards in in a sense, or how did you like to work? Did you like to kind of get ahead with with the fastball, or would you like to get a you know throw the change up early? Yeah, it's it's all that you know, and that's why I used to love when people say, "Oh, your change up is your best pitch." Yep, okay, and I loved when hitters thought that also because there's times you know it, it kind of goes it goes both ways. There's times where I would intentionally not throw a change up. And you would watch guys be baffled. They would be late, 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 because they're, they're like, I know you're going to give it to me. Like, okay, think that way and see what happens. You know, because as, as a pitcher who's been around and, and a catcher, right, you see, those, you see those swings. And if it's a left-hander, you know, I, well, I gave up a lot of big home runs to left-handers that hurt me through my career. But the numbers say that I was much better against lefties because um, – my fastball control is what set up everything. You know, I could work, you know, I could work you up and in, I can work you down and away. So you have to figure out if it's hard in or out, you have to figure out if it's a change up or is it going to be a cutter that's going to zip up in on your hand. So uh, my philosophy is hitters can't cover up and in down and away. And as long as I keep it out of that middle part, I had pretty good success. When did, when did you develop that change up? Was that early on? Well, it was it was as early as it could be in my professional career. Um, 1994, I got drafted by the Giants. Uh, I went into the, the the rookie ball up in Everett, Washington. I was about 86, uh, and I had a, like a fork ball or splitty kind of thing. And as soon as I got there the first day, they're like, uh, yeah, you can't throw that anymore. And I'm like, okay, I'm 86, not a lick of movement with a fastball, no breaking ball, and I don't have an off-speed pitch now. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh, Keith Comstock was the pitching coach there. He was a lefty. And uh, he's like, well, here, let me show you how I threw my uh, – he threw like a screwball. And so he showed me that. So that was, you know, what, June or July, whenever that is, of 94. So it, And I worked on that pitch for, you got to think, four or five years before it actually – really came to be what it was in 1999. DC, what about you? Yeah, just kind of touch on your early in your career, like you were talking about. I think you were traded in, what, 97 from to the White Sox? What does that do to a to a young pitcher? Does that does that 
kind of change your psyche a little bit or is it kind of like business as usual just kind of you know go out there and pitch my game well no i mean at first i was like um you know like oh my gosh the giant because i was in the big leagues with the giants up and down that year and i was struggling um the pitching coach at the time wanted me to be a sinker slider guy you know and if anybody's ever watched me pitch i'm as far from a sinker slider guy as you can possibly be so i struggled in the big leagues Got traded. I'm like, oh my gosh, here I am. You know, the team doesn't want me anymore. Went to the White Sox. I got to the White Sox, and it's like you kind of walk through the door, and, and the lights are on, and it's like you just walk into a paradise. I got there. They left me alone. They're like, do what you need to do, kid. And I never looked back. I went back to 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 throwing my style. Uh, so that was in '97. Finished it off. '98. It was a, had a decent year, but I had a bone spur on my shoulder that kind of wore on me. Got that fixed in 98 uh, in September. I came back in 99 like a freaking, you know, just like a demon. And um, never looked back after that. Nice. Anybody else got anything early? I don't want, I got another one, but I can. I yeah, can no, just me. kind of along those lines. Because so at the time when you were talking about there, you you were you were a starter. I mean, most most major league pitchers were starters at, at, at some point and, in their career. And back, you know, back then it was the they they called up starters from the minor leagues to the big leagues. Like they didn't call up my, or uh, bullpen guys. You know, so times have changed a lot. But right. yeah, Papelbon so too. I, I mean, Papelbon when they brought him up, he was a he he was a starter as well, right? Same type uh, of deal. I don't really know because I didn't. I was never in the Red Sox minor league, so I didn't. When, I never. didn't know any of the minor leaguers until until Pap got there. But but no, just because the reason I wanted to bring it up is just because we have a ton of guys right now, young starting pitchers, kind of coming up, trying to make their way, and some of them are going to be in the bullpen. And 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 just can you just talk a little bit about the uh, just the transition from from like you like you were just saying about, about when they called up you know when calling up starters and just the transition into the bullpen and and how that how you handled that. Yeah. So, yeah, so when I got traded to the White Sox, I went over there as a starter. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if, you know, you guys, some of you hell, probably weren't even born yet, but uh, the white flag trade was what they called that trade. And so the White Sox cleared out a bunch of their, their big leaguers. So when I got there, they called up a bunch of their minor league starters. And they're like, hey, we're going to try these guys out. We're going to put you in the pen for now. You know, so I finished out 97, uh, 98. And then 99, when I came back healthy, I was like, hey, guys, like, I want to go back to starting. And the uh, manager in the gym goes, no, you, you screwed up, son. I'm like, how did I screw up? He goes, you pitched too good out of the pen. He goes, there, there's no chance in hell you're leaving the bullpen. We can't, like, we couldn't fill the role. So, yeah, I accepted it. And, <laughs> you know, I'm glad and, you did, though, man. It worked out right? for us. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Stay in that course. Yeah. But you, you wanted to stay in the rotation. I mean, you wanted to start because that's where the money is, right? No, I, I love, you know, no, but I no, I love the grind of starting. I love being able to go out there and bust your tail and, and work for, you know, I used to wear the number nine in the minor leagues because when I started, that was my goal. I'm a nine inning guy. So I like, I led the my, the minor leagues or at least the organization in innings every year and that's something I took a lot of pride in. I, you know, I worked hard to, you know, to to be out there, be the guy, you know. And I had one of my teammates used to call me. My nickname was the Diesel because I was the one that carried the load. <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing about that. So did do you get? Does everybody generally get a little velo increase? Did you get a velo increase going to the bullpen? Just because um, you're only ramping up for like one inning. You know what? It's 
yes, as I, I matured, I, I did started throwing harder. But I never – it wasn't because I was in the bullpen because I really didn't change my philosophy. Um, it, it's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get you out as fast as I can. I'm going to give you balls and that are hopefully not in the middle of the plate. So my philosophy didn't change. Uh, but as you get older, and especially when I got to the White Sox, uh, we had a, a strength guy named Steve Rogers was a former Olympian and all that. And that's where it's like he taught me how to be a big leaguer, how to prepare myself. Um uh, just got a lot stronger. You know, I, we really never lifted weights through the minor leagues, but once I got Chicago, put on a lot of, put on a lot of mass and naturally the ball started coming out a lot, a lot better. And I remember in, man, I don't know if it was 99, 2000, where I was throwing, you know, I was throwing, you know, mid nineties, uh, you know, I was throwing freaking 90, 91 mile an hour cutters and I was really dominant. Um, but I also noticed that I made more mistakes. And so it's like, you know, I'd be dominating and I'd leave one down the middle and it's like, bam, home run. I gave up a lot of home runs. So it's one of those things I really had to, I got to that, that performance where I didn't lose control. And that's really where I tried to ride. I rode at that 90% and very rarely ever tried to let it go. Yeah, uh, uh, I know a lot of pitchers like uh, Chris Sale. He said that, you know, uh, Matt Barnes was another one that, that when they balk up, it, it it was completely threw off their pitching. So, uh, what what is the whole process like with a pitcher when you balk up, you put a little extra weight on that it throws up your you know your release point, your muscle uh, memory. Like, why does that happen all the time? Uh, just because you know throwing a baseball overhand is really violent. So you know once you find your arm slot. You know, if you start to if you start to really tighten up in the chest, all of a sudden you can't get your arm in the right position. You know, so you may start jerking a little bit. Uh, you know, you who knows your hips may start flying open. Um, but we really concentrated a lot on flexibility. Um, I threw a lot against the outfield wall into the padding. You know, just always simplifying my mechanics and making sure that I'm on time. And uh, you know, it's just a constant battle every day for eight months you know, to make sure that you're right where you need to be. Yeah. So, and again, and again, and velocity wasn't my main concern. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously I've watched Bar Barnes pitch, you know, is all you guys have for a long time. It's like, it's max effort, max effort, max effort. So when you're on, you're freaking nasty, but when you're off, right. It mm -hmm. you're, you're off. And what does that do for the team? And to me, like I said, I, I was, I wanted to be the diesel. It's like, I want to make sure I carried my load as much as humanly possible. And, you know, I sacrificed, you know, that, that pretty, you know, 95, 97, you know, for 91, 92 on the black. So what, what was, everybody has uh, a routine, you know, for game day, uh, a routine of, of what they have to do at Fenway park. My favorite uh, spot to sit is I always sit first row right behind the bullpen because well, one, I love to see all the shenanigans that everybody does, you know, the, the, the old sunflower se uh, seeds in the cup, uh, yeah. you know, all that. But what was like your routine when they called the bullpen and they called your number, like to get you ready and your mindset ready? Um, well, the routine started long before that. Uh, so I'll, I'll go back and break it down. If, do we have time for that? You guys good? Hey. We, we yeah, gotta, definitely. Because part part of my routine is Absolutely. is we're gonna have to rewind about four innings. That's when the the fun part starts. But uh, 
Yeah, so usually when, when the guys went out on the field and they finally turned the, the music down off the 180 decibel rap Latin music, it's like, oh, man, my ears could breathe again. So you kind of started that, that, that decompression. Um, you know, there's a lot of times I'd sit in my locker, put my feet up, you know, had a TV right there, just sit and watch a game. And if I needed to, I'd take a nap for, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And the uh, clubhouse guys always made sure it's like, hey, make sure I'm up by the second inning. Right. And, <laughs> I can't um, imagine that. I can so, <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where I've been at the park since 2.30 and but I don't work till 9.30. So it's like I got, you know, mm. back into the bullpen. You had so much downtime. Um so I'd grab me a sandwich or whatever, and I'd get dressed, sneakers, and I'd go upstairs, and this is when the fun would start. So uh, one of our clubhouse guys, Andrew Crosby, which is uh, now Boston uh, Bomb Tech, um, we had hockey equipment in, in the upstairs. So either him or I would put on the goalie equipment, and we'd turn around and rip shots at each other, and I'd get a good lather going and you know, go down, put my spikes on, watch a half inning or so in the dugout, go to the bullpen. And by then, you can kind of see how the game's going. Is it a tight game? Is it a blowout? Um, you know, uh, how's the body feel? You know, there's so many things that go into it. Uh, but it's like if it's a tight game and, you know, I knew I was up, you know, I would stay pretty active from, you know, from the fifth inning on. Um, didn't really want to sit there and cool off too much and, and get tight. So, um, you know, I love to pitch multiple innings. So as soon as I knew that – you know, that seventh inning was coming around. I knew it was a possibility that, you know, it may be my name on that phone. But uh, when the phone did ring and it's your name, it's like all of a sudden it's, you know, it's like you, you the uh, bullpen coach tells you, okay, um, you know, we're at uh, eight, or eight spot in the order. So by the time you're ready, it's like if you get the call, it's, you know, you're probably going to be one, two, three, and, you know, two lefties, righty, whatever it is. You go through that as you're warming up and, you know, just start locking in and, you know, when they come out there and they give the old heave ho and start walking in, I'd flip the ball in the stands to somebody and I'd get to that gate and I'd walk from the gate to the grass line. And then it was like, here we go. Fast jog in, get there. And manager would say something I never listened to. And tech would <laughs> say something that I'd bob my head and be like, you know, let's just go to work. Here we go. Uh, was, was Terry Francona your favorite manager that, that you played for? Uh, yeah, I played for some good managers. Uh, I can't, I mean, I played for Dusty Baker. Art Howe, um, right? Yeah. Art Howe? No. Yeah, no, you weren't with uh, Oakland. Oh, with, uh... oh, no, no, no. Um, no, see, now you're gonna get me in trouble. Um, you guys can dub in who the manager was in 03 in Oakland. <laughs> I'll just move my mouth and Ken you guys Ken Maka. Ken Maka, yeah. Uh, my yeah. fault. I thought for some reason I thought it was Art Howe. Hey, Keith, no, you, don't uh, have to, you don't have to worry. There is not going to be one Ace fan that's going to be listening to this podcast. So. <laughs> well, they only got about 18 left, so. I didn't even know. I thought it was Art Howe, man. Wow. Uh, but no, Tito yeah, was but, the best. But, no, but Tito, so, so I got to know Tito really well in Oakland in 03. Um, you know, when I found out he was going to, to, or, uh, to Boston, it's like, it was one of those, it's like, okay, I, this could be a smooth transition. Uh, Tito was, uh, a player's manager. You know, he had that ability. He could relate to you. Um, you know, he gave you just a, the, the leashes just long enough to not get yourself in trouble. And, you know, when you kind of ventured out there away from a little bit, you know, he just, he'd tug on it. No, don't do that. 
it pull on the leash a little bit <laughs> and uh it kind of kind of rein you rein you back in so uh yeah i mean great guy you know still love to see him it just seems like such a special group though when you think back about i mean all all the superstars you had in that clubhouse and terry francona right? and just you know um just like guys like millar keeping it loose and, and just you know I mean, it just must have been. It just must have been something else. To that, I mean, it must have been an amazing club us to be a part of. That's a yeah, question I, mean, I have. If, like, who was your the person that impacted you the most, or that you were closest to on that team? Like, uh, closest to? I mean, well, the the thing that made that team special was the fact that when I got there, I was God, was I thirty or thirty one, and it's like amongst the the major part of that team, I was one of the younger guys, or you know, in that younger class. I mean, we had, you know, we had World Series champions. We had World Series MVPs and Cy Youngs and gold gloves and batting champions. Like the the trophies that were in that room or you look around, you're like, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, all stars. <laughs> and like, it's like my accomplishments were, you know, kind of low on that, you know, that thing. So um, it was just such a comfortable environment. It, it wasn't like. Oh, the first and fifteenth. Oh, how much you make? Oh, <laughs> I remember when I used to make that little. It's it's <laughs> like it was. Everybody was there, really, honestly, for the same reason. I mean, it was you know, yeah, there would be a little beef when, hey, you know, hey, I, you know, didn't like how you ran out the ground ball, or you know, what, why why are you throwing those pitches? You know, then a little bit. You know, obviously, when you're around each other that much, but it was always very. We never stopped going in the right direction, even mid season when we kind of you know, got lost a little bit, we're still all on the same team. Do you have any, uh, any, uh, Manny being Manny stories that are your favorite? That's it. Uh, I mean, he, he liked to take his, yeah, I'll say he liked to take his showers in the hot tub. It'd be a quick, quick dunk. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like I guess we're not getting in the hot tub tonight. <laughs> Seriously, you would, you would skip a shower and just go and just take a wow. dip in the hot tub after the game. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, I love Manny. Spent a lot of time with him last year down in Brockton, but you know, he's a. Everybody's got their own little yeah, things, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, that's kind of something I want to touch base on. Uh, what was it like, you know, uh, down in Broxton with? David Ortiz's kid, Manny's kid, Pedro's, and, and then, you know, Cade being there. What, what was it like to kind of like just look around and be like, man, this is the future of baseball right here? I don't know if it was be the future. They weren't very good, but <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great story. <laughs> uh, but, you know, most of the guys were, were younger. And so, you know, uh, I mean, what, three or four of them, I think, were high school incoming college freshmen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and they got some pretty good talent in that league. So, you know, they took their lumps and, you know, they learned. And, but that's exactly what it is. You know, it's a developmental college league. And, uh, you know, the, the Brockton you know, ownership and management and how the, the league all together really takes care of the players. And, um, you know, I enjoyed going to the games. But it was a great story for the kids. You know, they got a lot of national press and when you look at it it's like wow what are the chances of, of that happening and it's not like it's like hey you know let's get your kid on here let's get your kid i mean it, it just kind of organically happened yeah it's real cool that is awesome so anthony you want to go next 
Yeah, well, I, I I guess one of the other questions, I don't know if this is out there publicly or whatever. I, I can't, I haven't tracked it, but I remember the ball, you know, the the, the final out, right? <laughs> <laughs> and there was a how little do, bit of the... How do, how do I swipe to the next question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you don't have to, I'm just, I know there was a whole thing, Mar- Maribelli had it, you know, uh, I don't know where it is. I not, just, no, do you, not, do you uh, know Mc, the Mc, you to tell us? Uh, the ball. Why did I, I, I'm sorry, Minkavich, not Mirabelli. Um, if Mirabelli had it, it would be way less of a story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Mirabelli's you know my boy. Do you know the whereabouts? It's in a safe spot. I wouldn't okay. worry about it. So, so the ball, the, the, the ball is in a known location. <laughs> it is. It is in a known location. Yes, that's good. That's all I want to know. As Actually, long as you know it's what, safe. Josh? As long as the ball is safe. <laughs> I think this is the time, Josh, to bring out. Okay, Keith. Oh Keith. gosh. Oh gosh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Keith, this, so. this is this is nothing funny on your behalf. Oh, this is, oh. This, this, this is this is a dumb move on my part. Yeah, yeah. This is DC's dumbest move. I think I've, I've ever heard him say. And so admit you, he did. You and I actually talked on Twitter, like 2014, 2015. I got drunk one wow. night, and I, uh, <laughs> I I messaged you, and I was like. Hey Keith, something along the lines like, if I send you a ball and pay for postage there and back, could I get an autograph? And you're like, yeah, man. Gave me the address. Never sent it. <laughs> I messaged you again, like a year later, like, man, I totally <laughs> forgot about this. And I just randomly thought about it the other, like the one day when him and I, uh, Josh, were and I were talking about it, and I was like, I'm a, I'm an idiot. But it was just funny. Maybe you think about it. You're talking about it. You're like, still, you're like still sitting on ball. it. <laughs> I, I still have the ball. <laughs> so it's probably it's probably a better story that way, anyways. <laughs> I don't know, man. Don't know. <laughs> that's not that's not where I thought that story was going to go. I thought it was going to go a million other directions. Not like <laughs> no, no. It was it was real innocent, real innocent. <laughs> What, so real. So, what do you what do you think about uh, what do you think about these new rule changes? Just you know, and anything that stands uh, out to you. Um, you I wouldn't like have bothered you. The pitch clock, right? Wouldn't have bothered you, right? The pitch nah, clock. I wouldn't have, would, wouldn't have bothered me. And, and you know, if anything, it would have it would have benefited me because um, I don't know if it's Scherzer or one of those guys who were like was coming set, mm-hmm. like he was ready to go, That's forcing sure. the hitter. Right. That's how that's how I was. Like I told the catchers, don't wait for the guy to get in the box. You know, and there's a lot of times I would give the sign to the catcher anyways, like, hey, it's like just give him a you know, quick we had a little signal thing worked out where, you know, if I come back and I kind of just tug at the jersey or do something real quick, it's that's what next pitch is gonna be. And um, you know, it's and I here I am. It's like I didn't wait on the hitter. No, or you know, it's like I'm I'm putting pressure on, you know, and if he called timeout, I wouldn't step off. I sat there and I looked at him just like, I'm not going anywhere. It, this is going to happen. So might as well just get your ass in the box and let's go. I like it. So with the pitch clock, you got him right where you want him. You got him, you got him yeah. in there and he can't leave. You know, and, and, you know, I'm a pitcher and I've said for years, you want to speed the game up, get the damn hitters in the box. Exactly. You don't need to adjust your gloves and, and guy and your hat and your cup and your sliding glove. And it's like, get in the box. Let's go, man. You know, so I like that part of it. I, yep. I hope that I don't like, well, I don't know. I think they're probably going to have to tweak it a little bit. I, I just, I think there's going to come a point where it kind of gets too fast, but you know, it's something that's going to happen. Um, I like the new bases, especially at first base. 
you know, I guess every base, I mean, like they're so concerned about keeping the players away from each other. So I think that'll be a good thing. And, and hopefully Machado doesn't step on the back of somebody's foot again and, <laughs> or kick somebody, you know, so um, what else we got shift? Oh yeah. So there's the, uh, the banning of the shift. What? They want to speed games up, but now they take the shift out. So now we're going to have games that are going to be long because, you know, you can only. Yeah, but every, every batter before, guys going around their back pocket looking at their little cheat sheet, then moving, got to move this guy over here, this guy over yeah. here. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, 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 I like, I like the idea of getting back to what I grew up with. And, and I, I mean, I guess the way you grew up with, I mean, you know, I mean, then hit the ball, hit the ball the other way. We'd never have to deal with this crap. But then you got the nerds ruining it, telling you to, 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 to go for uh, no, launching. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything about that. I still got to do work. I'm not calling anybody names. <laughs> I think they're all fine, fine, smart people. <laughs> no, but then you, you can't you can't step off, or well, you can't disengage more than twice. Uh, oh, you know, unless... wow! See, that's you know, I, I I'm not a fan of that. I know they want to. I, I, actually, I don't know what the reason behind that was because I don't because they want more stolen bases, I guess. But um. That'll be interesting because no shift and you can only pick over twice. So it's one of those that's like, you know, you're not really going to be able to hold the runners on and then there's going to be more holes out there. So I think once the hitters get settled in and, uh, you know, I think games are going to they're going to throw up some big numbers, which I guess is what people want. You know, it's it's all about the people that pay for the ticket, and, you know, and buy the, you know, the MLB package and all that stuff. So do so you think this is going to lead to more runs? I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. more more, without, more base running. Yeah, all of a sudden that ground ball to the four holes a hit again. That thing yeah. hasn't been a hit for four, five, six years. So, um, you know, I think you're going to see the numbers are going to come back up. Guys will start start hitting a little bit higher again, and you know, so maybe you know, maybe it's good for the game in the long run. I don't know. They Do you also they think they didn't ask uh, me, so I don't really have much. <laughs> Do you also think it could benefit pitch pitcher starting pitching, right? It's getting a little bit more aerobic again, a little bit more of a rhythm again, um, a little bit more efficient instead of trying to go for that high velo, taking 30, 40 seconds in between pitches, get a little, you know, more of a, you know, Greg Maddox-esque type type of not um, everybody, but maybe we could see more 200 inning pitchers, you know? Get a little deeper in the game. I, I, uh, I don't know. I haven't thought about that, but I off the top of my head, I I would probably have to say that I don't think that'll have anything to do with it because I think the analytics will still be pretty heavy on the pitching side of it because you know they're still not going to let these guys go more than a hundred pitches. You know, it's like they're still going to kind of keep the reins tight on them, and um, I don't see how any of the new rules would affect uh, less. Pitching innings, I guess, but well, I was just thinking, get just pitchers getting into a little bit more of a rhythm and, and kind of, um, you know, in, in, instead of gearing up for fastballs, just going just a little bit more like old school pitching, and that would lead to more um, contact and, and less and less high well, counts. If you're if you're a high strike guy, possibly yes. If you're a guy that is kind of always floating, you know, two two three two, it might actually hurt those guys because they don't have time. You know, and this is what I don't like. I don't like, you know, there's every once in a while you got to walk off. You know, I used to, if I got off a little, you know, uh, you know, off, off a little bit, you know, I would go around, I'd grab the rods and, you know, squeeze it. And I used to like look up in the upper deck, kind of like, you know, inanimate faces to kind of couple deep breaths. All right, here we go. The pitchers don't have a chance to do that anymore. 
So some guys it might benefit, some guys it may kind of, if they're never able to slow the hamster down and, you know, in the wheel, it may actually kind of divert them off in the wrong direction. Yeah. That's a good, great point. Especially with mound visits, right? I'm sure they still only have five mound visits. So it's like, I think some of these guys, if you can't slow it down, some of these guys are going to get flustered and they're just going to, you probably see some pretty good, good blowups. So, so Keith, it, you're on the mound. What is the one batter that you never want, like always had had problems with that you never wanted to actually, you know, have to face mm-hmm. in your career? Um, of course, you asked me another name. Um, uh, the DH from Edgar Martinez from Seattle. Yeah, that monster. guy gave me fits from from day one till the day he retired. I mean, when he retired, he was, I was like, thank you, Lord. But um, what a great – and I don't want to say he's an underrated because I think he, I think he got in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but for the most part, he's you know he was never a, a big name, but, God, that guy could hit. Just so – he was a smart hitter, and you couldn't – you know, like my style, you know, I'm going to go away and I'm going to come in, and, you know, it's like – he would, he would like, you know, he was always kind of one step ahead of me and, you know, I'd make nasty pitches and he's putting good wood on it, hit it in the right center. And it's like, God dang it. Uh, he got me there, you know, then, you know, the next series, like, gosh, damn, he got me again. You know, it's like, he was just a great hitter. And, you know, sometimes there's hit the, those hitters out there. You just, they have your number, you know, and you're like, uh, Ichiro for, you know, you know, you start about how he could hit anything or Vladimir Guerrero. It got to the point you're like, throw the ball high down the middle and hope they pop it up. You know, sometimes you don't have a, <laughs> those guys are, those guys are pretty freaking good. <laughs> and, and let's go to the revert, uh, the flip side of it. What's that one batter that you're like, man, I, I wish I could, I could pitch to him every time. Uh, Jim Edmonds. <laughs> you want, you want him? Uh, well, especially in the 04 playoffs. I mean, I kept throwing the same fastball up and in. And he still couldn't hit it, still couldn't hit it. But um, I'm pretty cocky in saying there was a lot of those guys that, you know, if I was if I was on, you know, most guys didn't stand much of a chance. Yeah, I mean, you were basically, what, six, six years of absolute dominance. And you mentioned you like to go multiple innings. I mean, I mean, you were hitting 80 even over a hundred innings. I mean, out of the bullpen, that's unheard of. I mean, well, you know, you see it every once in a while, a couple of guys here and there, but um, I mean, that was, that was one hell of an impressive run. I mean, I don't think too many guys must've hit you, <laughs> hit you much there. Yeah. I mean, there, there was spells and, you know, it was, that's why I love the pitching. I love the competitive. It's, you know, it, it's me against you and, and one of us is going to win this, um, you know, and there's times, you know, especially like in 99 and, and 2000 where, you get on these runs where like I would, I literally, I didn't laugh at hitters, but the game becomes so simple, you know, and your every pitch you make is right where you want it. And it's like, God, you're just floating that, you know, so high, you know, and it's just fun. You walk off the thing and it's like, it's, this is why I do it. You know, it's me against you. And, you know, obviously I love when I win. So. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of to go on that, that same route. um, Yeah. So I think in uh, 2004, I have another question, but this uh, just kind of remind, reminded me of it. Um, I think you threw about 100 pitches the last three games of the, in the New York series and ALCS. Did that kind of yeah. like make it tough to adjust, you know, going into game six or, ga- you know what I mean, in those later games when they've seen you a couple of times? Is that something you had to focus on or is it just kind of go out there and keep the same game? Um, 
No, I, I always kept the same game plan, but that's it's a great question because in game six, I was, you know, I talk about those times when you're really high. That, that wasn't one of them. I mean, I was I was feeling it. Um, we had Russell, our massage guy, was the only reason I was able to get on the field. Um, the body was hurting. I was tired. Arm was tired. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I had to dig deep. And, again, it's, it's literally the reason why you train every day. Uh, you know, for years and years, like I was training for that. And fortunately I was able to come up with it. You know, it made, made it interesting. Like I kind of said in the video, but um, you know, fortunately I had just enough gas to get us through it. I mean, cause again, that could have been, that could have been the downfall very easy. There were so many moments. Was there anybody who, sorry, no. was there any, any guy in that, in that lineup, like maybe even a lefty? Hey, I know you said you had trouble with lefties every now and then, but uh, anybody in that lineup that you kind of, not necessarily feared, well, got, but well, you got to think. Yeah, you don't you don't fear anybody, but they yes, they had a lot of guys. You look, you know, you talk about our dugout. They had a pretty impressive dugout. As, as well. Hey, Ruben so, Sierra too, but he could have matched the ball back then too, right? Um, but even Tony Clark, you know, I made a yeah. mistake to Tony Clark on you know pitch up and in, hit it for a double uh, earlier in, right? in the series, right? And if that ball didn't bounce in the stands, yep. right? But. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, I think it was bases loaded. And here comes Clark again. It's like, God bless it. And like literally my, you know, my needle is bouncing on, on E and I'm like, you know, it's like, again, it's like kind of take that deep breath. You look around and, um, you know, it's like, all right, here we go. And I don't remember what the count was on him, but you know, you can see in the pictures, that was one of the, after striking him out to end the game, you know, that fist bump was, that was probably one of the most, you know, relieve relieving but like intense like yeah let's go moments yeah that's that was, awesome i was pretty jacked <laughs> i mean and as much as you pitched too i mean i think it was i don't know if it was four or five games or whatever but uh i think he only allowed one earned run which is really impressive against that lineup yeah well i guess the yankees yeah i think it was one earned run uh, that you have oh god man we got to check your research Oh, that's what I thought. Man, I, man, I hope I'll, so. I only gave, gave up. Well, I only gave up one earned run. Yeah, earned a, run, earned run, in the whole series, and that was to freaking Larry Walker in the World Series on a fastball down and away. That they told me in the meeting beforehand. Hey, watch out, Larry Walker and hit the ball down and away. And I'm like, okay, let's well, let's see. Okay, <laughs> and he did. And I'm like, okay, yeah. made it middle note. If I ever face him again, right? It's so. So, so Keith. You've been on a lot of great teams. Uh, what was the chemistry like from Oakland compared to when you came to Boston with the whole team atmosphere? Um, like I said, Oakland, we had a great team. But I think what that team hadn't done yet, that team hadn't been to the playoffs, didn't have that experience. Um, you know, I like to say they haven't lost enough yet to know that how good of a team they were. So when you get to Boston, it was a still another great team, but that experience is what took over in the long run. Um, you know, in, in 03 against that series in Boston, guy, you look at some of the mistakes we made, and it's like, man, it's, you know, we, who, we who had was, it, and we just who, couldn't couldn't pull it out. Who was that catcher you guys had that had that walk-off bunt against Pedro first game? Who was that? Uh, Ramon Hernandez. Ramon Hernandez, yep. That was that was that was oh man that game yeah. really <laughs> that was like, one of the most stressful right there was Series. one person one person on the planet knew he was gonna bunt he bunted we're like holy shit <laughs> right? it's like, it shocked wow. everybody it was shocked so you got everybody. nobody knew nobody knew he was laying that down 
Well, one person did. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he did. I'll, I'll never forget that game three though. But, man. You know, he, God, what a God. He was. I love the What a great catcher, man. He was. Uh, I don't know what happened to him after Oakland, but yeah, I love. He was a great catcher. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Speaking of catchers, so so with the the bases this year and and, and all the new rules, how important is it to have a great? How important is the catcher? I, I think it's even. I mean, obviously, it's one of the most, if not the most important positions besides pitcher. But I mean, this year it's even more amplified now with the run um, game coming back in vogue. Yeah. Um, Keeping these pitchers yeah. calm and I, yeah, I guess so. It, you know, it, it's uh, you know, I think that's going to be the big unknown. I mean, obviously, having a great catcher that can throw is is great, but. You know, it comes a point where you've got to, with the strike zone being as tight as it is, like you have to make sure, you know, they still have to make sure they get the ball first and then go. So if that runner gets, you know, a little bit, you know, all of a sudden it's a half a step, you know, you're probably like, I still think you're going to see the the stolen bases kind of dramatically go up. So lefties are going to be, are going to be a premium because, you know, you get the lefties with that hang move that they can come up, read the guy after the two picks. If you can come up and read the guy and he's going, then you still go to first. You know, but if he comes up, you see him sitting, then he can still go home. But I think right-handers, you know, I think they're going to freaking run all day. Wow, so, that's a great point. So the, the Red Sox team this year, 2023, has got a mixture of young talent, and some great veterans. So what are your thoughts on the, you know, the team this year compared to world series teams uh, of the past? Um, you know, well, I've only seen them. I, I watched them play a lot early in spring when they were like nine and oh, and nine and one. And you know, I think they went on to lose pretty much every game after I stopped watching, but um don't stop watching, please. <laughs> there you but you know, give you your login. I think it, I think it's day. one of those things where who knows yet. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's you know, like I said, I'm a fan now, so I'm an optimist. I sit back and be like, you know what? Yeah, they have some guys that can play, but can you stay healthy? Can everybody yeah. play to their uh, their potential? You know, can they play and can they do what they have to do? Uh, do we have the minor league uh, strong enough minor leagues that when these guys go down? Do we have places or pieces that can come up and, and replace them? You know, so um, I mean, I'll be out there clapping my hands just like everybody else. You know, so <laughs> living and dying with them. So, what do you, what do you have? Like, like, do you watch a lot of baseball? Obviously, I mean, you, you watch. Do you follow uh, anybody? Yeah. I try to, but you know, it's like today. You know, I got kids here, and so the games right. run at four o'clock. So it's like, man, by the time I get home, East Coast games are done most of the time. So yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I watch what I can and, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't go out of my way to <laughs> <laughs> watch it. Yeah. So, so you're not, uh, so are you, um, is there anybody on the Red Sox that you're, you know, that you're really high on that maybe people are sleeping on a little bit? Any, anybody, I mean, I'm, I'm really big on Tanner Houck. He's kind of struggled this spring. I mean, I don't know yeah. if there's anybody pitching-wise that you really like, one of the young pitchers. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned him, you know, because I had Tanner when I was, you know, part of the staff in the minor leagues for a number of years, and I love the guy. There's not a there's not another guy that has bigger balls than him and, and being able to stay composed. Um, I think that a lot of these guys coming up, they, they have one style and they get to the big leagues and they try to turn it up a little bit more. 
and sometimes they kind of get to where they waver. And like my advice is whatever got you there, keep the course, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, big frame kid, uh, you know, and strong, uh, lots of great tattoos. So, I mean, what else, what else do you want? You know, it's, uh, I think he Don't has a chance and yeah, you know, and, and, but you know, he has that, he has that mentality that, you know, he's not afraid of anything. He's going to, he's going to get after it. Um, shit, I'm trying to think of who else is even on the staff, you know, I know Brazier get him to kind of some help solidify that bullpen. Um, but like, yeah, we, I got like Whitlock. we got like Whitlock and uh, well, it's obviously if Whitlock and, you know, being back in the rotation, if, you know, hopefully him with this hit being, being good and get back to his style and, um, just don't overthink things. You know, if you have nasty stuff, it doesn't matter if they know it's coming or not. Right. They, they still have to make solid contact and, you know, you got to be able to control the ball inside to control the inner half of the plate to keep them standing up. And, you know, it's, it's where the analytics, you know, kind of bothers me every once in a while. Cause you know, when you look at the charts, you know, you get 800 pages of charts you're flipping through and it always comes down the same thing. It's like, if you keep the ball in the middle of the plate, you're going to do really well. Yeah, yeah. I, I always loved, loved watching Pedro pitch. Like, he would sit there and just – everybody was waiting for the changeup, kind of like you. Yeah, but if you're, right? If, if you're sitting there throwing the, the, that heat and all of a sudden they're not making contact, you don't need to worry about the, throwing the changeup until, you know, a little bit later in the game and you can save it. Yeah, because that's the – you know, that's the important thing about reading hitters, Right. As you see, if they're, you know, if they're diving, looking for a slider, you know, on the outside corner, the other boys home, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, if you can control that arm side fastball or, you know, the inner half of the fastball, you know, it's like, then maybe you don't need to do it. Right. And, and pitching away from the charts, because we have all these charts, guess who else has those same charts? You know, the other team has the same chart, so they know if it's a tendency where uh, he's going to throw you one uh, inside fastball, he's going to throw you a slider away, he's going to try to throw a, a breaking ball in the dirt, he's going to elevate, and all of a sudden, you know, if, you, if you're going along with the script, they they have the same script, you know? So you can never change what, what the pitcher feels, what the catcher sees, you know, and that's where you got to give those guys, uh, you know, the freedom to kind of, what do you think? You know, you're a big leaguer. You know, do go out and earn your money. Do what you do. We got Veritech too, so he's been our game plan coordinator for the last um, few seasons. So he's kind of working yeah. with you know the kind of the whole. I don't know exactly. Nobody knows exactly what he does in terms of, but I mean, I'm assuming he's working with the catchers, the pitchers, and putting the game plan just like he would when he was playing. And, yeah, that's and I mean, exactly. You know, a, it's a bible on on it, right? Right. So <laughs> now, now they used to compile all their own, own information. You know, now we've we've got freaking two floors of of analytics guys that that provide you with all this. But you know, what comes down to it is, you know, there's plenty of times where it's like, okay, hey, you know, it says we should go slider here, but I'm like, God, my slider right now is terrible. Like I don't have the feel for it. So, but it, like if they're thinking that, maybe the hitter's thinking that. So. Let's do something different, you know. Let's because when it comes down to it, you know, I'm the meat. I'm the meathead with the meatball. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the analytics are never gonna. The, the, it, like you made a great point. I mean, it's they're not gonna get the feel. These guys have never been on the mound or never been in the box, so they're they don't understand that dynamic of the feel of a great pitcher. Like when you're on the mound and you like you just explained, 
and uh, that there seems like there's a little battle going on with, you know, we saw Joe Madden last year with the Angels kind of battling the front office there a little too much. Right. Like, give me the information. Good. I'm done. They want to take it a step further and actually get into the dugout and start managing the game and start controlling the game. Right. And I think it just goes too far. It's like, get the information and let, let the baseball guys play baseball and manage baseball, right? right? Oddly enough, I mean, is that not a complete circle? They're the ones that started all this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're literally the organization that started all this. And all of a sudden the guy who made was, I don't want to say, you know, he's a great manager. I don't want to say he was made famous by that, but all of a sudden it's, it's the same guy that started it is also the one trying to kick it out the door. <laughs> yeah. That's where we have to listen because it comes a point where, and this is obviously, I'm just, I'm just a, a fat guy sitting by the pool. It's too much. You have to let the athletes play. Right. There's a reason why we're giving them a lot of money. Right. You have to let the athletes go out there and do what they do, you know, and we, we you know, you know, that's how you relate. That's how you relate to careful people. What too. I say here, but right. It's like you well, got to the human element. Comes, you, that's, that's what all. you want to see that human element in those big moments. And, you know, somebody like yourself that's got the balls of steel at the end of the game versus somebody that can't hack it or what. I mean, that's what we want us. That's what makes sports so great. Is that human element and, and cracking under pressure or stepping up and delivering under pressure? I mean, that's just the exciting part. Basketball, any sport, Tom Brady, football, doesn't matter. That's what we love. We don't want nerds ruining the game. At least I don't. Yeah, yeah it's all. It always comes down to the, on the the boots on the ground. And I think it was Mike Tyson that said once, right? Everybody's got a plan till you get hit in the mouth. Right? Yeah, so it's it, everybody's exactly. got a everybody's got a plan, but how do you execute it? Once things get, you know, tough, you know, and that's why that's why you have guys that soar and make fifty million dollars, and you know that's why you got guys who are doing other things now. Okay, Keith, we're, we're gonna sit there and we're gonna be wrapping up this part. Uh, we're gonna get one final question to everybody. Uh, DC, let's start with you. Yeah, I just want to kind of circle back. I know we kind of talked about the 2004 season a lot. Yes, um, yes, I'll sign your ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't even going to ask that, to be honest with you. But, you know, you just it, on tape. but um, no, uh, if, you, if you can, if you, and I don't mean to have you speak for anybody else on the team, but what was your initial reaction to the Nomar trade in 2004? Did that kind of take you by surprise? Like, how was the clubhouse reaction, if you are able to share that? Uh, No, I don't think it took anybody by surprise. You know, he went down and, you know, Obviously, you have 800 reporters in every day, and they're constantly dangling the cheese in front of your face to see if you know they can lead you down the right path. And uh, no, it wasn't it wasn't a concern, um, you know. But again, we were we were a clubhouse filled with veterans, so we've had teammates traded before. So you know, it's not like oh my gosh, you know, it's like I'm gonna go get a sign and I'm gonna protest. You know, it's like yeah. hey, bro, hey, good luck to you. You know, um, you know, your wife's still hot. We'll see you down the road, buddy. <laughs> I got I to do some research after that, after this one. Oh, me and him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. It's been a while since I really kind of thought about that. Anthony, final question? No, honestly, I've kind of asked all my questions. I, I, I just want to really just thank you so much for coming on. It was it was actually, like, phenomenal. I, I, I think we yeah. really had some great – uh, you dropped some great knowledge on us. I just, I just really wanted to get into some of the baseball stuff. I love talking just baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you honestly just, really just answered like, you know, just so great to talk to and just, you know, just, just a legend. And uh, you know, I mean, you're the guy, right? You're the guy who, uh, who got that out. 
and uh, we got that last out to get us the World Series, and and you know that that's that's etched in history, and uh, you know just you know congratulations on your great career. I'm glad, you know, you're everything with your your kids and stuff, and just thank you so much for everything you've done and for coming on and just just talking to us. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it. And next time we're going to get you a light so I can, it's not like you're talking to, to the man behind the curtain. Like, I know. I, I, I most of the time you're, you're dark. I'm like, it's, oh, this is like kind of spooky. No, thank you so much. Really I got a lighting issue. <laughs> I got a ring. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, oh, yeah, this is my kid's ring here because obviously you see it's dark out here now. M- Melissa, I, I know you sit there and you, yep. you want to be Anthony shy. Anthony pretty much said, like any question I had, yeah. I would be like, oh, and then he would ask it. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks brain. for joining, Melissa. Good to, good to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. I was here, you know, moral support, whatever. Uh, thank you to, to both of you, uh, Melissa, for setting it up. And Keith, we really appreciate your time. And um, probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in my entire life, if I'm being honest. So, this is this was uh, really fun and really appreciative of you for, uh, for taking the time to share it with us. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And you guys did a good job because we talked about so many different things. And, you know, like I always tell people, if you see me excited, chances are things are pretty good. So I had fun. It was a good time. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah well, well, when Melissa sit there and asked, uh, she goes, hey, uh, I can I can get Keith probably. Can I come on the podcast? And I messaged her back. Come on the podcast. You can host it if you want. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to host. I don't want to take y'all. That's why I was I know, like, I'm not going to ask any questions. Like, y'all just do it. I'll just be here. This was her big moment. She just, yeah. she's learning. She's taking it all in. Yeah, she's taking like, it all yeah. in. I want to be uh, like y'all when I grow up. Uh, I'll be sure to uh, send you a DM about that ball, buddy. Don't worry. All right. Well, yeah, I'm in between houses right now, so you just hold on to it. And uh, no, I don't yeah, know if you're yeah. in Boston, I'll be up there. I'm in PA, but we'll be up there throughout the, the season. Um, I'll go. try not to lose it. I mean, I've held it for about nine years now at this point. So, <laughs> you know. Yep, Maybe I'll just good. keep that for keepsake. But no, thank you again. Seriously, really appreciate it. You uh, made me a very happy 14-year-old in picking that last out and uh, everything you did for the Red Sox and then just throughout your career, man. Congratulations on everything. Thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, it made me a pretty happy 30-something-year-old too. So <laughs> we can enjoy it together. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you made a lot of people. I mean, believe me, that, that was I, – I mean, there was just – it's hard for anybody who wasn't around back then to realize how big of a deal that was at the time, but it was everything. I mean, it was absolutely everything. And, and just, and, and thank God we're not like the Cubs where we've actually been able to continue the success a little bit after. Right? <laughs> they might, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, it, it's, you know, I hope, you know, obviously we won the first one, but you know, it is. And, you know, you get to where it's like, obviously people see that they can come to Boston and win. It's not just uh, the lovable losers and, you know, and hopefully we're just in a lull right now. We can continue to build back up and, you know, get back to, you know, throwing up a, throwing up a few more trophies. Oh, we're coming. We got a farm system coming. We're rebuilt now. We got some young pitching, hopefully help. Whitlock, these guys lead the way. Bayo, we're, we're definitely coming. A lot of people are going to yeah. be surprised by us this year. I know, right? That's that's what we're that's what we're here for. Let's go, boys. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hey, National hey. holiday. Oh yeah, exactly. I, uh, I just wanted to sit there and thank you for you know giving us some time, uh, Melissa. Thank you for setting this up, Keith. I'm just curious. Hope you had a good time. Would you ever be willing to come back on? Yeah, I mean, if we can find something else to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, well, we'll, uh, we'll start there, brainstorming now. There we go. You guys uh, got to send me some notes, so I'm like, yeah. uh, let me go through my notes. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
Hey, well, we just got to make sure we, we double check uh, DC and m- make sure all his is accurate. So I looked it up. It wasn't the Yankees. It was the, the total postseason. I, I apologize, yeah. man. I'm going to, I'm going to think about that for a while. So oh, no. D- DC will do his homework. Uh, Anthony will get a light Definitely. and then Melissa will all participate. So we'll, uh, <laughs> Like let's, I don't want re- to. I don't want to take their time. Like I'm just let's like, let's whatever, yeah. You know? Let's just regroup in a couple months and uh, we'll see what we can come up with. Hey, I'll be better. I the, promise. So hey, Keith, thanks again for coming on and, and giving us some of your time. So hey, quick one last question that's going to be mine before we let you go. Red Sox record this season. Give us a prediction. Oh gosh. This is completely against my – I never do predictions because, I mean, they're always wrong. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think if they could pull off, you know, 90 wins, that'd probably be a, a building year. I definitely think we're on our way up. And I think it would be um, probably overestimating, think we're going to be able to maybe do something in the long run. But you know what? Maybe if we get some of these young kids to to play and all of a sudden you come down to that trade deadline where the ownership and – uh, you and Hyam think it's like, hey, you know, maybe this piece, maybe we can stick, you know, sneak in here. But uh, I think really, I think we're playing for the next, you know, two years, three years, mm-hmm. and uh, we get this young core up, and um, you know, and then really start banging around. Hey, hindsight is twenty twenty. I'll, yep, I'll throw that back out. Thing. All right, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. You better get sure. that printed. I know. You better I hurry. <laughs> so. Okay. Thanks a lot again, Keith. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Man. How how was that? See, see, listen. It's, it's I didn't want to take like He's so cool. He's so cool. I didn't want to take y'all's time because I could talk to him all the time. Like, so yeah. I was like, I'm not going to ask. I could literally just text him or call him. And I, I, I see him. So it's like, I don't want to take y'all's time. I was just here, like, because I didn't, you know. He is really, really cool, and he, he gave cool. us some amazing information. Like I have, I have to go back and listen to the whole thing just to digest what he said because there was so much information. Some of the stuff, technical stuff, I was asking him. He gave a lot there, and I had never heard it ever talked about like that. Though some of the stuff he was saying, I was I had never heard that. It was good. I never I, thought of it that way. What Your questions were good. Like where's honestly, the ball? I mean, everybody's though? questions were good, but. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where do you think it is? <laughs> He's like, swipe I, to the next question. <laughs> I know. That was so funny. I was going to be like, it's right here. It's right here. <laughs> that's uh, my So I think he has it. I think he's got it. Yeah, probably. I think he's. I think he got it from uh, Minkiewicz. I can't believe I called Minkiewicz from Rebelli. Oh. That's an it's, awesome story. It's, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's all good. It's really good. got like, a stats I mean, right. I mean, I really think I think y'all did great. Like, DC's throwing runs on him. He's like, dude, he knew everything, bro. He knew everything. Dude, he knew he he has a memory like a steel trap. (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, I had fun just kind of like I I I just wanted to go with the flow, so I was letting you guys like lead the way, and then I kind of snuck in my questions. But man, Keith is one hell of a guy. Uh, yeah, and Melissa, I want to thank you for putting that all together for us. Uh, you, you made you made a 14 year old DC's dreams come true <laughs> by finally getting his, his an autograph ball. 
It's funny because my ringtone, you know, my phone for years was back to folk, like, and then I made the shirts, you know, back to folk. And like, so I'm like, yeah, it was just it, definitely an honor to meet him and hang out. Speaking of shirts, mm-hmm. what are we going to get some, throw some dirt on it shirts? I know. I, I told him, but Red just, I don't know. He's been one, what do you got there? What, what's one do you have there? Let me see. I have the back to folk. Okay, back. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't quite see it. And then I wore it when we went to the game and I was like meant to get him to sign it and I forgot, but I'll see him probably next week or something. I'll get him to sign it. I won't wear it this time because I would have been weird with him wearing it, I guess. Didn't think that through. So I was like, I'll just get him to sign it next time. Uh, it, it was the same way uh, last year. I was up at uh, Scranton for uh, Rail Riders uh, Woo Sox game and Dahlbeck was there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a doll back jersey. So I'm like, do I go for the ball or do I go for the jersey? <laughs> and I'm like, I forget it. So I turn, I'm, I give, I'm like, can, can you sign this for me? I turn around, he signed it. And I'm like, great. Now I can't. Now you can't wear it. Yeah. Now, well, I can't wear it, but I can't lean back on, on, on the shirt. Oh, like, yeah. I, I'm like, I can't get this to smear. Mm-hmm. So you got a Bobby doll back jersey? Yeah, yeah, I don't have it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's sweet." No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, I, I, I love me some. some I Bobby love Dahlbeck. Bobby D as a person. Like, well, I want to be his best friend. I want to like, let's hang out. But that's. It. And every nothing, time he comes nothing. up, I'm like, "Please, please, Bobby, just please." Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the chance, people get the chance going at Fenway, you know. Bobby. Bobby. Nobody gets chance like Bobby, you know what I mean? I know, Nobody it's crazy. Like Everybody wants there him to do Bobby so There are Bobby Dobek lovers, they love him. So he's, got, he's got silly power. He's got really, really great power. He's got a great attitude. Now they're going to they're gonna, so they're gonna put him in the bush there. He's going to be playing short. They yeah, might get him into the left. But now he's going he's gonna to be like almost – he's just going to – he's increasing his value as a player. Mm-hmm. He's increasing his value. Mm-hmm. He still has a chance to make a big impact on the team. I just hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Like I really – like yeah. I, I've never had a player that didn't perform that well that, that I just loved so much and then – had to defend myself for loving him so much because we were like, no, he sucks. I hate Bobby. And um, it's, I think uh, Joey was talking about, um, about how his mom, like always as like, how's Bobby doing or whatever, Joey Capone. And I'm like, that's how what it is. Cause I'm a mom and he's young, you know, boy, he's not that young. He's, I guess he's almost 30, 28 or something like that, but he's young. Oh, I'm 40, I'm 44. Something like that. But it's like it's like that kid you like that you want to do well. And so you just wish him up because they're such a good kid. That's how I feel with Bobby D. But I do believe he can be better. So okay, guys. Let's just go. Sorry, to y'all had to be up so late. You know. Oh, hey, hey. I got a half day tomorrow. I'm yeah, fine. yeah. Well, we both have half days. Then we got opening day, our live show. Can't wait for that. So we're we're, we're gonna bring in the closer. We're gonna bring in the Let's let's rename the segment instead of bringing the closer. Let's bring in the folk. <laughs> that works. Oh, hey, right. we, we can even get a we can even get a new shirt, a uh, new shirt out instead of you know people sit there and say bring in the funk. We're bringing the folk. <laughs> so I'm just gonna be steady, steady, me ideas. DC, you should know me by now. The stuff that just comes to my mind, ninety percent of it's garbage. <laughs> That ten percent is gold. I'm not gonna comment. <laughs> so, but guys, thanks for stopping by, Melissa. Thanks again for setting this all up. 
Yeah, my pleasure. DC, Anthony, we're going to see all you guys tomorrow for opening day. Excited, so, man. Guys, check us out on YouTube. Uh, this is going to be dropping ASAP, Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, Twitch. Tomorrow, our live show will be also broadcasted live on our YouTube channel, on our Twitch channel, on our Twitter. So you're not going to want to miss that. We got some great guests coming in just to sit there and talk some Red Sox baseball and one lonely Orioles uh, fan. So he's Anthony. That's my man, DC. And she is Sox Addict Melissa. <laughs> Till next time, thanks for watching and listening to the Pesky Podcast. <laughs>